Hello, NRL fans. Welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Been a while being back in the seat. I've got Nom with me, mate. Nom, how are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Uh, end of season, no more footy, but um, yeah, just trying to readjust with life with daylight savings and uh, getting back to the real world. A prolonged absence from the podcast. Uh, round six was our last one. But coming in now, really wanted to get back into the saddle. Uh, off-season is, I think, where we do most of our good work. Uh, it doesn't have to be, you know, that week-by-week grind. We can kind of have a bit of fun with some of the topics. And I wanted to get you on, mate, because obviously, even though we weren't podcasting, we were discussing every week. Obviously, we had the super coach going. It was a great season. Uh, I think the 2022 season, uh, for me, yes, taking out the uh, the Podmasters League uh, title and also taking out the Boys and Bands Draft League. So, Look, it was a very successful year for the NRL Rewind, but uh, I think you'll agree with me that this season, it was one of those ones where, you know, the Panthers were the dominant favourites for most of the year, but it did give us a lot of uh, twists and turns this league. Um, I think some of the injuries, some of the positional changes. So I really wanted to grab you and just do a end of season pod. We can get into some more obscure topics from next week, but I wanted to put a bow because I think there was a lot of things that happened uh, obviously, we made some predictions before the start of the season and kind of an outlook into next year. So if you're ready, mate, let's uh, dive into some of the things that we discussed. So I'm going to go straight before we go into any of our predictions or what we discussed on previous pods. What would be your big storyline coming out of the 2022 season? If you had to wrap up the season as a whole, where would you go? Is it the Panthers dominance? Is it a particular player? Is it origin? Where would you go? Uh, I think two things come to mind. I think uh, Origin, I, uh, you know, Billy's first year, I didn't expect, you know, Queensland to go so well. And I think the second thing would be the Cowboys. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people, you know, experts, um, us as well, not that we're experts, uh, had Cowboys, you know, bottom four, really. And for them to, you know, pretty much make it to the semis and, you know, just essentially 10 minutes away from the grand final. That's an incredible story. Yeah, I think the uh, the way the final series played is, for me, um, you know, the, the regular season, 26 rounds, can be a bit of a grind. But as soon as we got to that week one of that finals, from then to the grand final, uh, I thought it was excellent footy, great storylines, and I think even some of the blowouts, which let, let's, I guess, start on the grand final. Uh, Panthers obviously defeating my Paramount Eels 28-12. to 12. Obviously, a lot of people were saying that it was a boring game, but to me, the way the Panthers absolutely dominated that game and, you know, I was sitting, you were obviously watching with me, we're sitting down and I couldn't even get that upset because we never got in the game. They never allowed us in the game and, you know, they've obviously got some key players leaving the club next year, but this is a Panthers side who, for the first time in history, won every single grade possible in the men's side. Uh, so they've got their young talent, their reserve talent, their first grade talent, all firing. I think it's got to be the year of the Panther. And, you know, there was a couple of points late in the season when we're thinking, could they be vulnerable to a certain team? But uh, two losses to power in the regular season, took them out in round one in the first week of the finals. And then obviously in the grand final, one of the most dominant performances we've seen. Yeah, look, um, I can see why, you know, a lot of power fans aren't really upset. I mean, I don't think Parramatta played that bad at all. It was just that Penrith were just, I guess too good. They, you know, they they're just fitter. They um they they hit harder and um 
Yeah, it, it wasn't a bad performance from Power at all. But yeah, Penrith, I mean, you know, people are throwing around the words dynasty and everything. Um, but, you know, they're, they're really strong from, you know, grassroots all the way up. And um, look, I know yeah, Penrith have uh, yeah, uh, Billy Kicks and, you know, they've got Happy Coruscant leaving. But then, you know, they've got Sonny Luke who you know, dominated in that in that grand final. And um, yeah, it's it's an interesting sort of um, to see where, where Panthers Go next year. I mean, you know, you'd be pretty brave to, to write them off for, for you know, a three-peat, really. Yeah, 100%. Like I said, they are losing some players. But then you look at some of the players that sort of like Dylan Edwards' performance in the grand final was one where, you know, I was kind of beating the drum before the season. If you're going to let one of these Panthers go uh, due to cap reasons, you'd kind of pick Dylan Edwards. But that performance in the grand final, we were screaming from the couch going, he's got to be the, the Clive Churchill winner. So I think they're set up really well. Like you said, Sonny Luke. Um, some of those guys in the reserve grade that they are set up. But uh, obviously, we'll touch a bit more on that. Let's quickly just touch on uh, your Newcastle Knights finally getting a grand final win. So obviously, in the NRLW, Knights 32, Parramatta 12. Again, you watch this with me. Uh, I really thought Parramatta was going to get the chocolates early. We had all the possession. Uh, really, you know, started strong, but Newcastle behind, uh, you know, Boyle and, you know, that forward pack really muscled up and you know did what the guys couldn't yeah pretty much um yeah i love that simpsons meme going around where where it's like homer pointing at the uh nrl uh nrl men's saying like i put that much effort in you you know should uh look at look at the girls but yeah the girls did so well didn't they um you know i mean obviously newcastle recruited very well uh we had millie ball come over and mika upton but um yeah, it's it's great to have uh, the Knights have lift up you know, some silverware. We haven't had that in a very long time. Yeah, I really do want to put a little bit of emphasis on the on the women's game next year. Um, but, yeah, I just wanted to shout out them because that was a great performance. And, yeah, Newcastle, after we before we got on the pod, you know, we obviously did six rounds this year. We kind of left as Newcastle, I think, we're still in the eight or just on the fringe of the eight after that early start. But the girls end up getting you uh, that premiership. But we'll move on to... The next uh, point before we kind of get in our previews, let's quick, have a quick chat about the Daly M's. So obviously, Nico Hines from the Sharks winning the Daly M for 2022, record th- 38 points, uh, rounding out the top five there. Tedesco on 32, 33, Hunt on 32, Drinkwater on 23, and Edwards on 23. So first of all, I'll get your take on Nico Hines and obviously the stellar season that he had. Uh, and then once we have that, we might have a bit of a discussion quickly on the Dallium as a whole, because I think there might be a separate episode on its own. Yeah, look, uh, Nico, I don't think anyone can really, um, you know, be upset with that. You know, super coaches who ever had, you know, Nico in that first round, um, oh, I think he was the top <laughs> top uh, point scorer. But yeah, super coach aside, he, he just had uh, such a great season. You know, a lot of people were sort of umming and ahhing, you know, him, uh, I guess, making a full-time move to the halves. But he just owned this season. I mean, so many clutch moments, uh, field goals. Um, he pretty much, yeah, every play really, um, every set has had his DNA all over the Sharks team. Yeah, look, definitely a deserved winner. I think the record 38 points kind of speaks to a couple of things. The one, the way we vote with the 3-2-1 system every week and obviously him being the focal point in that shark side. There's not really Will Kennedy or Matt Moylan stealing points off him like some of the other players. So, Look, I think it's interesting. I have seen a lot of conjecture around, do we change it? Do we do it like the NFL and have, or the NBA 
just at the end of the year, we look at it as a whole, pick the best player. Uh, is suspension still a warranted thing? You know, is, if someone like Cleary is ruled out due to a suspension, uh, should he still be, you know, in place with the Dali M? And then also, you know, look at some of these super teams like the Storm and the Roosters where they just take points away from some of the other players. So I think it is a good discussion point for a late, later down the track. But I did want to mention Nico Hines, a great year, really breaking that mould of the Storm system player coming out of Melbourne uh, and had a great year. So Nico Hines, the 2022 Dali M winner. So, Norm, let's get on to uh, our bold preseason predictions for the 2022 season. I obviously uh, went through, I tried to do as many categories as I can, uh, and then for each team in the individual pods, I kind of wrote a little bit of a spiel for each team. So I thought it'd be fun just to go through, see what we did. Uh, obviously, in Supercoach, it was a good year for the Rewind. How about for our predictions? So for the Premiers, I did have the Sydney Roosters. Uh, I thought that it would be a really big year getting some of their guns back. Uh, look, as the season kind of went on, we saw that it wasn't their year, but I think they're in a nice place where they got to the finals. They made a real thrust of it in that first week. Uh, obviously, you're knocked out by the Bunnies there in that very entertaining game, but maybe it went a season too early on the Roosters. Yeah, it took some time for them to get going, didn't it? Um, but I think Roosters, I think... Um, in all those sort of premiership years, they, they are generally slow starters, but geez, towards the end, they, they came home really strong. Um, I think, you know, the the Kiri and uh, Walker combination really found its, I guess, really clicked. I think, um, what was it? Did they have Kiri back on the left? Was it with Crichton? Anyways, um, yeah, they, they really found the combinations. And um, geez, Sawari, he's... Uh, he, he, yeah, he, he's a full-grown player now, isn't he? Yeah, I think with Sawali, obviously, they'll sign a couple of players. They've got the Chiefs coming in next year. It could be uh, we're looking at that prediction again next year. But to the Wooden Spoon, you obviously mentioned it before. We weren't the only ones. The Cowboys, um, you know, you looked at that roster and I just had so many questions before the start of the season. Who is the best ones in the four-pack? Who's the fullback? Do you put Val in the centres? There were so many questions, but answered beautifully. And I think we'll go into a bit of detail when we touch on theirs a little bit later, but I thought they were outstanding. And, you know, I'm putting a list together for another pot of the 10 most exciting games of the season or 10 best games of the season to watch. And they were in a handful of them. There was a really, really fun team to watch. The biggest improvers, I had the Broncos finishing seventh. Uh, obviously close. They, they were in the top four, I think with six rounds left and they they failed to ninth. I think they ended up finishing, but uh, I did predict that that Kevy, Kevy revolution would... Uh, you know, do a good thing this year. Just obviously failed at the end there. Yeah, Broncos, I mean, they were, yeah, they were firmly in even the top four, I think, you know, with about a month to go. And um, yeah, they, it's quite a spectacular fall from grace. I mean, it was essentially after that, that week that they got pummeled by the storm and they just never got their confidence back up. Yeah, and the biggest downfall, we had the Knights. I had them finishing in 15, so I was one off there. I think that was a pretty... Easy one. I think the Newcastle fans in my life, including yourself, obviously there was a lot of Mitchell Pearce conjecture when he was there. I think you saw really until the point that Anthony Milford got to the club and Milford didn't let, set the team on fire, but at least gave him a bit of structure and stability in the halves there. Um, look, they're in a bit of a crisis. Obviously, they had the Dave Clemmer thing. They had the Adam O'Brien thing all season. They're going to be an interesting one moving into the next season, but the 2022 one, a season to forget for them. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we just... Sorry about that. Um, 
got the DMs going off, but the, <laughs> uh, we, we just don't have a half. That, that's the situation. I mean, we had Clifford and Clune to start the year. Um, you know, Ponga played like about three games for us. Um, yeah, look, 2023 doesn't look any better. I think we've got Tyson Gamble. Um, yeah. Yeah, not much, mate. Ben not much. signed, but yeah. <laughs> You're losing Edric yeah. Lee, the GOAT. The GOAT, yeah, it was it? Five tries, six tries. I had him on my bench to, that week. He did do that, so uh, yeah. Yeah, well, look, I'll keep going through here. We'll just run through a couple of these. So the Dallium and the Clive Churchill had a Tedesco double. Obviously, that didn't happen. Second in the Dallium, but so I did have a good season. The grand final matchup, I had the Roosters versus the Panthers. Had the Panthers in there, obviously losing. Top try scorer. I picked out the top four. Uh, I ended up saying Daniel Tupo, Ruben Garrick, Dalling Wattin, Selesniak, and Alex Johnson. So I did have AJ on there, which I'm happy about. Uh, when I Before I brought up the Excel, I did... I was worried I didn't leave, uh, left him out, but uh, obviously... Another great year, another 30 try season. And I think really for the next couple of years, he's we're on the watch now. If he can stay healthy and on the end of that rapper's back line, 212 for Ken Irvine's in shout here. Oh, yeah. It's going to be the Alex Johnson medal in no time. Comeback player of the year, I picked two. I had Luke Keary and Patrick Carrigan. I think two pretty good picks there. I think Keary came back from that those head knocks pretty well. Patrick Carrigan really played well for the Broncos when he was out there and obviously in origin really stepped up a level. Yeah, I mean, to come back from ACL and do what he did was... I mean, actually, that that's a good point. Uh, Patrick Carrigan, uh, the, we're talking about the downfall of the Broncos. I mean, there you go. Once he was out of the picture, I mean... Yeah, that go forward definitely left. Most improved, I didn't get this one here. I had Junior Paolo for the Eels and Reese Walsh. Uh, Junior Paolo, by no means a bad season, a good season. Uh, obviously, just not... I thought he would kind of take it to maybe best forward in the comp. Uh, and obviously, Reese Walsh fell off a bit. The rookies of the year, I had Lachlan Ilias and Will Penasini. Uh, Penasini had a great year for para. Uh, Lachlan Ilias had his uh, rough and tumble times, but he did have some moments of brilliance as well. So I think for there, it's pretty much a pass. And then for the best signings, I had Adam Reynolds and Nico Hines, which I think if we look back at this season, is probably the two signings. Uh, obviously, the Broncos fade you know, kind of takes the damper off that, but a couple of Adam Reynolds' injuries throughout the year, and when he wasn't there, they were a show of themselves. Nailed it. Okay, so going through the last couple of ones here, I had no coaches fired, so obviously that was wrong. I thought there was going to be some good security for some of the clubs, but obviously they made some changes there. Uh, I had some two teams heading into the off-season with joy. I had the Tigers and the Dolphins. Tigers, I think, obviously, they got pummeled in those last couple of games. There was obviously the Raiders game, the Roosters game. Uh, but they do have some signings coming into next year. Obviously, some of them probably don't want to be there if you listen to Appy and um, Papali'i. Uh, and obviously, the Dolphins, I really thought they would get a marquee signing by now, but it looks like unless we think Hammer is the next, you know, Billy Slater, they're probably not going to be having a much joy going into next season. Yeah, you better watch out. Uh, I think they might have the eye set on Plan B, which is Mitchell Moses for uh, 2024. So. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Going around. <laughs> and the team's heading into the offseason with some fears, uh, the Dragons and the Knights, and I feel pretty comfortable about that. I think that that's two clubs where I, the, the direction is a bit lacking right now. At least if the Tigers, you can kind of, they, they've cleared the books, they've got some new players coming in for the Dragons and the Knights are kind of on this bit of treadmill me- mediocrity at the moment. So uh, that's those ones. And then the last one, we had, or, I had New South Wales winning Origin 2-1, um, but... 
I happen to get that prediction wrong if the quality of the games were like they were for Origin. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that last game was absolutely brutal. I mean, yeah, for, for many, it was, you know, the best, I guess, Origin match ever. I mean, if you're a Blues fan, that's debatable, but, um, geez, it was good viewing. All right. Now let's get into the pods that we did for each team. So obviously we did a one, we did a pod, a bit of a fan mindset, uh, what they gained, the starting lineup, and some of the most important players and predictions. So we'll start from the bottom. Uh, I did say the Cowboys would get the spoon. I did predict them to be the best uh, wooden spoon team in a decade in terms of the quality on the field. So I did know there was some talent there, uh, but obviously the biggest one here, I didn't have Scott Drinkwater starting. And once Drinkwater got into that number one jersey, he just never let it go. The combination between Tom Dearden, who became a superstar in this game uh, at 21, Chad Townsend, who I you know was a bit iffy on that signing, turned into one of the best signings in the comp, and that forward pack with Jeremiah Nanai really taking a leap to being one of the best second rowers in the comp. Uh, it was a perfect blend and everything went right for the Cowboys this year. On Ruben Cotter, I mean, you know, who would have thought that move to prop? Uh, geez, he, he yeah, definitely um, added a lot of spark there. Yeah, definitely another guy who was sitting, I had him as a bench starter. So they definitely got some guys who just came in and really did a job for them. But we'll move on to the Knights, who I had him 15th. Uh, so my prediction was 15th place, Pong is last season with the Knights. Obviously, I think that's going to be uh, wrong because he does look like he's going to be firmly in there. Uh, most important player I had is Jake Clifford before the season. And obviously, for the first two rounds, it looked like that was the case, but it did fall off. But obviously, the con for this team, when there's no Caelan Pong, one of the worst spines in the comp. Um, you had Brody came back really late in the season. Just nothing really went right for them. None of their young guys came through and emerged to you know, the Bailey Hodgson's of the world. Dom Young had a good season, um, but really there was no saving grace with some of the losses they had in the off-season. Yeah, I was going to stop you there, but yeah, I think Dom Young was probably our only shining light, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. We'll go on to the Tigers next. So I had them in 14th place. I said a season away from the top eight. Uh, and if we're looking at some of their details, I had Luke Brooks as the most important player just to see how he was going to gel with uh, Jackson Hastings, obviously another season where some players just didn't click around Luke Brooks and, you know, we now go on to the season of does he go to the Nice, does he go to the Dolphins, does he re-sign? Uh, but I think the cons that I have for this, just lack of game breakers, I think really in the outside backs especially, there was no one that really was able to just win a game for them and their four-pack was inconsistent at best. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, the Tigers will be interesting, I guess, with the new direction moving forward. Um, you know, obviously with Appy, I think, I think that hooker role, hooking role will be absolutely critical. Um, but yeah, Luke Brooks, I mean, come over to tonight. So you need a change of scenery, mate. <laughs> Something. <laughs> so in 13th place, we had the Dragons. Um, prediction was 13th place. Anthony Griffin and Ben Hunt will not be there in 2023. Uh, Hook looks like he's still going to be there. Surprisingly, he's going to survive. Ben Hunt obviously just re-signed a couple of days ago. But looking at the most important player, I said Zach Lomax. Had a very consistent season. Had some great flip passes, some try winners, but then also having some really bad games in terms of defensively. Um, but again, it, the pros and cons in this is, like for me, at least it's spot on. The pros that had a good mix of youth and experience, but the cons were, does Anthony Griffin select the right players? 
And I had Tyros Lone in that, in that number one jersey. Just never never got in his good books. And, you know, there's the reports now he's up to his second release now to try and get to the Dolphins. Just, you know, you look at someone like Talatau Amon who had a great season. You look at someone now like uh, Jaden Sullivan who now wants to leave the club. It's just these young players can't break this team because Hook is so desperate for his job to stay. He needs those veteran players. The youth just can't get a crack here. Yeah, that's right. It's never a good sign when the coach is sort of, um, I guess, playing for his job really rather than, I guess, looking out for the longevity and the development of the those coming up. And it's like, I get the Ben Hunt resigning, but to me, if you're just stuck in this team where, you know, you, you saw what he did in a team when he was in a great team in Origin, that match-winning play in Origin and how he really sparked it when we all thought it would be Harry Grant, but it was actually Ben Hunt who was a spark from dummy half. And he re-signs here. I, I just don't get it. I think if he went to any other team, even like a Bulldogs who's looking for a half or going to the Dolphins and starting up that comp, I just think there's more for him there. But I guess we'll find out more and more as we go on. But, yeah, definitely going to be interesting. Move on to the next team. It's the Titans. I had them in 12th. Uh, so really close there. I knew they were going to bounce, uh, take a step back. Um, I did say Jaden Campbell will be the bright light. When he was on the field, he had some okay games, obviously got that big injury. But to me, an unproven spine was the con. Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson had moments in the sixth jersey, he was just never there. Toby Sexton, I thought, had a good start to the year. Uh, very worrying at the end of the season when Justin Holbrook just wanted to rest him because of some of the games he obviously needed. He's a small bloke. He needs time away from the game. He was getting a bit knocked up. Um, and then obviously Aaron Clark, who started at nine, then moved into the 13. Just very inconsistent. You know, Dave Feeder is the most highest paid player in that team, didn't play well. Uh, Bo Furmore, the average, actually, you know, on half the price, you'd think at least, and playing double the player. Just a very weird year for the Titans. Yeah, it's just that, um, I guess, used and inexperienced in the spine, isn't it? Uh, who they got coming next year? Kieran Farrell. So Kieran Farrell will yeah, add much needed um, you know, leadership and direction there. But uh, yeah, it's just the the sort of youth and lack of experience really got to them. And yeah, you look at like I, I look back at this uh, starting seventeen now. You know, I had Corey Thompson who's now retired. You had Pat Herbert who couldn't make the team. You had uh, Jared Wallace who wasn't making the team at a certain point. Will Smith who ended up leaving. Kevin Proctor who was vaping between games. Um, you had so many of these guys, Isai Masters, who moved on. Just It was such a week on paper at the start of the season. You know, I obviously put him in 12, so I knew they'd take a step back, but just such a weird team when you look at when you look at it now with a season of hindsight, it just really didn't make sense. So they got a lot to build up. Ulgamo next to the Bulldogs, who I had in 11th place. Um, and again, for me, the most important player was Matt Burton. I think that did prove to be the case, as we all knew. The pros was a lot of new brand names, but do they gel? And it really took a while. Obviously, Trent Barrett uh, got sacked early. You had some guys in there towards the end of the season. TPJ was not getting game time because whether it was lack of intensity on the field or, you know, lack of defense. You know, obviously, Matt Dufty was a starting fullback, if you remember that, Norm. Obviously, a long time ago, but Matt Dufty was going to be the number one jersey. I had Corey Allen in the five. Brent Nader was in the centers. Uh, just a very, very weird season. And they still actually had a couple of, you know, shining lights. I really do think uh, Fox and Burton coming over there played their roles. During Marshall King, who obviously moving to the Dolphins now, had a great season at number nine. And you got some guys in the fours that really did do a good job. You know, I do think of 
a Paul Vaughan who there was a lot of question marks with all season. I thought he really did play well. Obviously, Josh Jackson, another great season. So there were some moments for them, but uh, I think with the new guys coming in, kick out, read mining next year, definitely going to be an improvement on where they finished. Yeah, next year will be interesting because, you know, we said about a year or two ago that, you know, they were clearly still rebuilding, but next year they've got a new coach. Um, they've finally got a hooker. Not that Joe Marshall King, he actually had a great season. Um, and then Vinny Kicks there now. So um, very interesting year for the Bulldogs. You know, are they going to be, you know, the, what the Sharks were this year, you know, because they came home strong, but yeah, just watching late. Next one, we had the uh, Warriors in 10th. So I said uh, the Warriors will have a top three uh, try scorer if Dallin were a team that did not happen. Uh, I said the most important player was Adam Fanua Blake. I think he's definitely, at least from my eyes, he's kind of hit a different point in his career. He can't really be that game-breaking prop like we have seen in the comp this year. Uh, I did end up saying that, you know, there was a depth of half options and was there enough minutes to go around? But I think as we saw in the season, obviously, once again, Cody Nicarima was the starting six in this predicted lineup who obviously finished the season with the the Bunnies. Uh, and obviously they had Chanel harris David who's finishing on the end of the season. We had Ash Taylor, who I thought was going to be a bit of a smoky who actually had to retire. So look, overall, for what this team ended up being, they had a lot of positional changes. Obviously, just look at the team there. Reese Walsh signed elsewhere for next year. Rockerberry didn't finish the season in first grade. Nick Rima went to another club. Matt Lodge finished another club. Alicia Katoa signed somewhere else for next year. Aaron Penny just got released. Bailey Sirenin unsigned. So a lot of players uh, moving on or did move on in the season. Nathan Brown obviously got sacked as the coach. So it was a very, very weird year. There was a lot of expectations, but it is the last season away from Mount Smart. Uh, they were very, very good when they played those limited games over there. So hopefully, you know, they can start, you know, building a couple more guys that want to be there for next year and with a bit of a home field advantage can make a push for the finals again. Yeah, Warriors, I can't really say much about them. I mean, you know, it has been a very rough, you know, two, three years for them. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be great if they could actually get... Uh, bonus home games actually for next year. I don't think that's actually happened. I'm not sure if the draws came out, but um, yeah, I don't think that's now it hasn't happened yet. But I think it will be a push maybe as as the draw gets released for next year. We might see a couple of you know like Parramatta in the past has taken some games, some home games over to Wellington to play yeah. in New Zealand. So I think you might see a couple of teams do that potentially. But we'll move on to the next team, is the Raiders in ninth. So I had them as an improved year, and I did say that uh, Tom Starling would take them take a role by mid-season that obviously did not happen. Um, an interesting year, that very inconsistent. Uh, the Canberra faders, as we called them early on in the year. Um, but, yeah, really, to me, this was a season of, you know, it was a question of who's the right forward pack at the start of the year. But I think, as you saw, Joe Tarpany and Josh Papali'i being the best uh, forward pack in the comp. Yeah, look, I think if you're a Raiders fan, you wouldn't look back this year and get, be disappointed. I mean, at one point in the year, I think they were, they were probably second last, really. And um, mm. for them to come back and actually um, win a game in the finals, and, you know, obviously they went up to power, but to end up where they did, I think overall it's a, it's a successful season. We had the Sharks in eighth place just making eight. Obviously, they finished up in second. Uh, Nico Hines, the most important player. Uh, and then obviously the the con there was lack of genuine lack of genuine premiership winning halves 
may come back to bite them. And I think in the finals, not that Nico did play bad, but I think there's just a lot of, you know, you're not Matt Moore is not going to win your game. Um, you know, at the at the best of times, I think it was really going to be um, can Nico Hines shoulder the burden. I actually had Braden Trindle starting in the halves next to Nico Hines even before the season. So they played a lot of different players. Will Kennedy was out for a majority of the year. Uh, Sionica Todd did not finish the season. I think they're going to be a lot better than next year. Uh, I think this was a bit of a bonus, um, you know, getting as far as it did early on in the tenure here. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, they did have a very sort of soft draw, especially towards the end of the season. Like, I'm not sure whether you can compare how the Sharks did to how the Eagles did last year. You know, we had Turbo surging through, and they did have that sort of soft season, a uh, soft draw, sorry, after the, um, the origin thing. And, yeah, to get up knocked out in straight sets, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of disappointing uh, considering they were second. We had the Broncos in seventh. Uh, Reynolds for a top three Dalian that didn't happen uh, back in the eight that didn't happen but Adam Reynolds the most important player and I did say for a con three of the four spine positions were in limbo and I think that is what ended up happening really once Esma Ram came in early was a shining light for them I think something to really build off in the number one jersey you know Tessie New start of the season there uh, Tamari Martin finished it there uh, and then in the number nine jersey um, the Sun and Jake Turpin were, you know, kind of split in minutes there. But I really do think one more solid offseason is what they need. They can bring in a nine, shore up that forward pack a little bit if there's any suspensions or injuries. Uh, this is a team that can really go well next year, especially with year two of Ezra. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it'd be fascinating to see what sort of um, damage that the end of the season did to them. I mean, mentally, you know, um, being, you know, in the top four and then just, you know, just really capitulating in the, in the last month of footy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Kevy's definitely on the hot seat as at the start of the next year. But we'll move on to six. We had the Bunnies. Uh, most important player, Latrell. Um, the con was depth. I think you did see that get tested a little bit when some of those outside backs went out. Obviously, Campbell Graham had a bit of timeout. Alex Johnson had a bit of timeout. Um, we kind of were waiting to see if Damian Cook was going to turn back in a bit of a force, and I think he did. Uh, but I think just that, you know, having Lachlan Elias so fresh and new, had some moments where they really needed a genuine half next to Cody Walker to really, you know, make it make a dent. They were very close to winning that game against the Bunny, uh, against the Panthers in that prelim. So they weren't too far off by just a couple of key components missing there. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I thought Damon Cook did really bounce back this season. Um, but yeah, they they did look quite dangerous. I mean, they were, you know, 12 0 up against the Panthers, but um yeah, unfortunately, they did come up with the, come up against the premiers so on. Yeah, had the Manly Seagulls in fifth. Then look, I don't know where to. I had most important player Tom, the club pro Tom, the club cons Tom. Everything kind of ran through him. He got injured. They were still kind of hanging around a little bit, which was really really crazy. I thought uh, Cherry Evans kind of went up to another level. So did Ruben Garrick, but obviously from the pro jersey onwards, and now obviously. Des Hasler is going to be the coach. No Kieran Four and a club legend. This is a team in a bit of a limbo. And I think we're really going to see what this, the backbone of this club is in the next, you know, three to six months before the season starts. wonder how Josh Schuster will go as well in the halves. <laughs> Josh Schuster, I think he's going to be a really big piece for them next year. But we'll move on to number four. We had the Storm. 
Um, you know, Brandon Smith, the most important player that obviously didn't happen. I think he got into the doghouse pretty early and really didn't have that bit of detail. Um, you know, the gun, Ryan Pappenhausen, got injured. A really, really interesting season for the Storm. I think I do want to cover it in, in a separate pot in depth, but Bunster in a fullback, having Nick Meany playing a bit of a starring role, I think it's definitely a team that I want to cover separately because, you know, they're going to have a lot of off, a lot of losses this offseason. But, yeah, really, I think for what they went through, getting to where they did was a good effort. Yeah, I feel like they were the Roosters of 2021, really. They're just too many injuries. In third, we had the Parramatta Eels. Um, I had Dylan Brown as the gun, which I'm pretty proud about. The pro was chemistry, uh, and the con was obviously no new players. Kind of had to rely on what they had. And I think for what they did, um, it was a great season. Um, Mitch Moses, top three Dalliam. I think he finished in the top six from memory. Um, But, yeah, this team, I think Gutho really uh, silenced a lot of his critics. Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, I think they've proven they can be a genuine premiership winning halves and that forward pack that we've kind of built all of our play around uh, really did show up. And obviously we're losing IPAP next year along with Reed Marnie, but Josh Hodson, I know he's got no ACLs, but I'm excited to see him in this club. And obviously we have got uh, Hookwood coming over from the Panthers. So I think there are still some signs here and Brad Arthur definitely did a good job. Yeah, look, you know, a lot of people are saying the premiership window has closed now that, you know, they lost Reed Marnie and everything. But look, I still think it's, open a creek, you know, Josh Hodson, uh, you know, and he's at the peak of his powers. He, he was, you know, almost Cameron Smith-esque, but yeah. Second, we had the Panthers. Uh, obviously, most important player, Nathan Cleary. But uh, Pro was nearly the same side that won the title last year. And uh, yeah, to me, everything in this team, basically you look at the starting uh, 13 that we picked in the preseason, the exact team they rolled out there with. Um, the bench was really, really good. Sorensen, Lanou, Kenny. This was just a team that well-oiled machine, know who they are, know their roles. And, you know, when you've got, you know, if we're looking really at it, a top five, top three player in every position across the park, it's no one of the kind of one, especially with Cleary in this form. Yeah, it's just great system, great consistency. You know what you get out of them week in, week out. And that's why they, um, yeah, are where they are. And last, obviously, we had the Roosters winning the Premiership. Luke Keery, most important player. Pro was starting starting health after a year of injuries. The con was a forward depth. Obviously, lots of injuries, uh, season-ending injuries. But, you know, this is a team that, again, probably went a season too early here, but I really do think that the way they kind of came through, there were some nice signs. There was no year two breakdown for Sam Walker. Had a good season. Joey Manu taking his game to another level. Joseph Sawali, as we already said, uh, taking his game to another level. And, you know, they're going to get some guys back next year. They'll get Tupanua back. Radley obviously was a bit uh, on and off with his injuries this year. And with the Chiefs coming in, I think this is going to be a very good team next year. We'll obviously go into in a lot of depth in some season previews for 2023, much later down the track. But I think, um, yeah, to kind of put a bow on it, I think the Panthers, are they going to win next season? Are they going to be the favourites? I believe so. Uh, but I think there are going to be some teams to really challenge them. Oh, geez, I'm looking forward to the cheese in the Roosters jersey, that one-two punch of him and Connor Watson. Well, look, Norm, I think we'll leave it there, mate. I've got quite a few pods already lined up that I want to get through to. I want to do a, probably at least one a week here, but this is a good start. I just wanted to put a bowl in the season. Uh, obviously, we didn't get, didn't get to get our thoughts on the mic throughout, but 
at least now we've done this, we can kind of move into some bigger picture topics, um, some best of lists for the season. So thanks for coming on, mate. Always a pleasure. Looking forward to uh, yeah, getting stuck into it again. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Again, we'll be back with more pods. Uh, if you have any suggestions or any feedback, send it through at the NRRE1, Facebook and Instagram. Until then, have a great day and we'll hear from you soon. Cheers.